the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 10 of the Free Indeed Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hansen, and off to my left over in the distance is my good friend, my good buddy, as we've talked about before, he's my soulmate, and he gave me some lunch this afternoon, Kirk M. Samuels. My brother from another mother, way yes. across the room. That's right. Way across, and we try to... If we reached out our hands... It wouldn't touch. It no, I guess not. Nope. So we're we're close, but not that close. I got a bag of chips in front of me. I'm going to try not to eat it. We'll try not to make it a lot of extra noise. I can't yeah. really mute you. I know, here, I mean. and they're kettle chips, too, so they'll be pretty so, loud. So uh, in between episodes here, we're going to record yeah. a few today, or if we have to stop the recording, we'll do that. So did you say this is 10? This is episode 10. Wow. Wow. Now, did you want to look up the biblical meaning of 10 somewhere? I mean, you did that a couple times. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. There could be. There could there's be. There's got to be a, a significance. I'm trying to think if there's anything in the Bible that has 10 in it that means something. Um, yeah, you're the Bible scholar, man. I mean, I don't, I'm not a trivia whiz. So, I mean, you're the theologian. Yeah. I'm the freeologian. Yes. We love that word too. The made up Kirk made word. I don't make up words. I invent them. That's right. We've said <laughs> our sayings are starting to circle back on themselves. As we get <laughs> yeah, they are. Episodes. Yeah, they are. We just we believe yeah. in recycling. That's right. Um, all right. So, if by chance this is your first time listening to the Free Indeed episode or podcast, we um, ask questions. I like to ask questions. It's one of my favorite things to do. I am about to be a certified life coach. Um, I have one more step to go, and. Uh, that's 100 hours of asking a lot of questions or more. Nice. Uh, more hours. So you, your phone, have you pulled up something? I, I have. Oh, okay. You, Here can we you go. see the look in my eyes? It says the biblical meaning of number 10 is completed course of time or completeness in divine order. Ooh. Completeness in divine order. Mm-hmm. A completed course of time. Okay. Wow. I well, haven't seen. I'm trying to think if that's biblical. Well, um, that's what it says here on Google. Google, I mean, it's Google, but is it Googlical? Yeah, Maybe not biblical. Yeah, that's true. I just invented that word, Googlical. You, did. you invented a word. You didn't make up one. You invented, <laughs> invented one. We're just rambling here. Like, we haven't, yeah, we're almost we haven't accomplished we're past anything. We're two minutes into our recording. All right, so I asked the question, and, and I asked Kirk. I double-checked with him almost every time and said, hey, man, do you want to know the question ahead of time? No. He likes to answer from the heart, so that's, that's my man, Kirk. I'm better at my yes. heart than I am my head. Okay, well, well, we'll go with that. Yeah. All right, then. This is a pretty good one, actually. And um, oh. you know this well, and I think this is going to be a great discussion. Tell me the difference between um, broadband internet pornography addiction and sex addiction. Wow. What are the differences? You know, you should get my book. If you had my book, then you wouldn't have to ask that question because I actually, no, I'm kidding. Um, we do talk about that. And yeah. like one of the bullets I shared with the preview of the last, uh, I believe, episode. Yeah. The, you know, um, Broadband internet is taking broadband internet porn is taking things to a whole nother level. Back in the day, it used to be, you know, you 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 well, way back in the day, it was magazines. You know, you had a picture, you had a still picture, and then you know, then it went to video, and you know, and then you have a, a VHS or something like that that you have to rewind, and then that went to DVD where you know you didn't have to rewind it, and it was you know pretty quick and. Uh, pretty quick in, in and out of your DVD player, et cetera, et cetera. The internet came along, and because it was dial-up internet, um, 
you know, it was pretty slow. You remember the whole everybody, all the old school folks out there remember that. Um, so that was, you know, that was a dial up internet. Um, and you know, that, then it kind of, that reset the, that reset the clock almost in terms of content. Cause then we went to, you click on a picture and you download the picture, you wait for it to scroll down and, and, um, then you have a picture and then, you know, then the internet got a little bit faster, even though it's dial up. So maybe you could, you could download that picture faster. Um, and then we went to broadband internet. 112K, I remember. Oh, that. yeah, that was, that was a big deal or back 56K. then, man. That was a really <laughs> big deal back then. Then we went to broadband internet and broadband internet. Um, when did that come out? I don't know. I remember, I remember seeing cable internet back in the I want to say late like, 90s. Yeah, and that I think it really got prolific like in the in the early 2000s, maybe yeah. between 2000 2005ish. Um and that completely changed the game because then then you skip right past pictures and then it was then it went straight to video and then you could just watch <clears throat> unlimited amounts of video in terms of speed. Um and then as the internet progressed and progressed and progressed, now it's to the point where uh you have unlimited free uh unlimited free content pornography content such that you know you have websites out there that is literally just categorized by genre or flavor or whatever you want to call it and you can just click and click and click and download and download and download and and you know me because i like to be transparent um you know i remember back in the day at my at my worst or best, depending on how you want to look at it, my best consumption, my worst state of being, um, you know, I would have multiple windows up with multiple videos at the same time. It, you just couldn't get enough. Like even now, the only limit that you have these days is uh, the amount of time in a day, um, which is why, you know, guys end up up late all night, then, you know, getting not enough sleep and then just trying to, you know, guys at work and get in trouble at work and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and wives are having the experience going to bed alone every night and or, you know, <clears throat> being awakened in the middle of the night by him getting up and going into the office or into the bathroom or wherever. Um, because then now it's going to the next level besides just broadband Internet. Now you have Wi-Fi everywhere and or 4G LTE cell phones, uh, unlimited data, et cetera, et cetera. So now that computer and all of that free porn is in the palm of your hands. And so I always struggled with, you know, the notion of somebody wanting to categorize me as a sex addict. Um, and, you know, and, and I think maybe that was just easier to kind of to kind of put that person in a box or put a label or identity or whatever it is on that person. I I kind of challenge that again. I'm not a you know, there's no initials behind my name. I'm just a guy with a story. But I did write the book. Um, I challenge that notion because. You know, in, in terms of, yeah, again, same DNA. I, and I use the analogy that I have a brother, uh, same mother, same father. I happen to think I look a whole lot better than him. Um, but um, um, I, I've but, never met him, so I can't yeah, say. Well, I mean, just but, trust me on that one. OK, um, <laughs> You're a pretty good looking guy anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, um, but anyhow, same mother, same father. Um, you know, so we have the same last name, same DNA. Um, and so if we were both in a room and you yelled Samuels, we would both turn around and look. But if you yelled Kirk, 
odds are my brother would not turn around and look other than Kirk is not a very common name. So he'd probably look just because, hey, my brother's name is Kirk. So I say all that to say that we're in the same family, but we're, we have completely different identities within that family. Whereas I think my my perspective is that, uh, you know, sex addiction, porn addiction, same same emotional, whatever it is, genetics, if you will, same pathology, same family, but different guy. And so when somebody, you know, referred to me as a as a sex addict, I didn't latch on to that. And, and, and really, the difference to me is coming down to how do you reach that person? If you want to reach my brother, you don't call him Kirk. If you were talking to him, looking at him in the face and calling him Kirk, 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 Kirk at some point in time, he's going to get frustrated. He's going to say, yeah, that ain't me. Or he's going to tune you out because that's just not him as a person. Um, and so same thing with, you know, guy that's porn addict. If you look at him and, and try to reach him and you calling him sex addict, sex addict, sex addict, he's thinking, I'm not even having sex. That's part of my problem. That's what he's thinking. So it, it's, it's just hard to reach him in that kind of way. And so, uh, to me, that's kind of the, the, the big difference in terms of, um, you know, broadband, uh, pornography use, porn addict versus sex addict. And I think it comes down to how you reach that person. And oh, by the way, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 year old that's never actually seen a real live naked woman. How do you call that person a sex addict? How do you tell that kid he's a sex addict when he's never actually not only had sex, but he's never even seen a real live human being naked. And so again, for me, the difference is how do you reach that person? And how do you connect with that person? And, and how do you, how do you, um, how do you label or, or or put that person in a category? So part of what I'm hearing is um, your approach to seeing the differences. Seeing the difference between the two is how you help each person. That's some of the difference in your saying. I want to revisit that. But I want to also want to talk about, um, you know, for you and me, we got exposed to it when we were little guys. I mean, I forget you said you were 12. No. How old were you? Nine. Nine. I think yeah. I was very young, seven or eight years old. Yeah. Um, and it was magazines strewn all over a floor, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And for me, it was this thrill of, wow, this looks pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, there wasn't this um, sense of that was going to fulfill a need, except that it was um, pretty cool to see. And I'm I'm thinking of the, the sex addict as someone um, also who's in a deep rut when it comes to authentic relationships. Of course, there's a similarity and overlap when it comes to the, the porn um, problem um, because it's all about seeking intimacy. Um, but it, any thoughts on, on that in terms of just, you know, sex addicts tend to be, you know, one of those short-term, you know, one-night stand, one-night stand, or whatever it might be, multiples or whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's in terms of, again, this is identifying the person. This is if you want to reach that person – I mean, at least call them or refer to them or see them the way they see themselves. So, I mean, the best way to to reach a person is to see the world through their eyes. And and if if you want to reach that guy, because you know, generally speaking, we're we're talking to a male audience in terms of consumers. If you want to reach that guy, I mean, at least speak the same language or at least call him what he sees himself right. as. And yeah, from his perspective, he sees sex addict as the guy that's you know, that's chasing prostitutes or, 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 uh, just having copious amounts of, of sexual encounters with his women. And again, so, so yeah, this is absolutely in terms of reaching him. This has nothing to do with the pathology and the, the neurology and the psychology. We're not talking about that at all from my perspective. This is all about how to reach this person and how to identify or how he identifies himself. 
It's basically the view from inside the fish tank, not the view from outside the fish tank. Because when you ask him, when you ask the fish, how's the water? The fish says, what water? water. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, this is, this is about, this is about what his world looks like from the inside out. So can a, 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 someone who's addicted to broadband internet porn also be a sex addict? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would, I would imagine, and, and again, this is, I'm speaking from my own experience. If I had to think back over the course of my life, there's probably phases in my life where I was both, where, where, where I recognized myself as both, where I saw that, that for me, you know, it, it, it didn't just exist on the screen. And I think, you know, for by far, again, my opinion, my own story and in other guys as well that I've worked with that, that quite often it'll come off the screen at some point in time in some kind of a way, whether it's infidelity, um, or whether in the worst case scenarios it comes off the screen in some kind of criminal kind of way or something like that. But I think at some point it does come off the screen, which is why there is pathology overlap and that sort of stuff in, in terms of treatment and everything that you learn in a textbook. Um, but yeah, I would look back over the course of my life and I would see that there were probably times where I, I saw myself as both in terms of, man, I mean, I just couldn't get enough sex off the screen. Um, Never did anything illegal, um, but and at the same time, I couldn't I couldn't consume enough on the screen as well. Um, so so yeah, definitely an interrelationship. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely positive that you you could say that there's there's definitely an overlap and and I would say that for the person you know experiencing those seasons, there may be seasons in in his life where he is. I mean, uh, you know, he is seeing himself as more of a sex addict than just a porn addict. But, um, but yeah, just in general, you know, over the whole lifetime of of the consumption, you know, he's those can be and, and guys compartmentalize, and so we can absolutely see ourselves as one or the other, right? You know, and them separate and that sort of stuff as well. So uh, we have the ability to put it in a box. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of in terms of whether it be both, yeah, I'm sure there's overlap. And like I said, my course of my life, there are definitely times you're looking back, you know, college being one of those times where, yeah, I was just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, it um, so part of, you know, we're, we're pretty focused with Free Indeed. That's your mission statement. And part of what I do, big part of what I do is um, helping with intimacy. And I know that's the one of the biggest reasons why pornography is a draw for guys is because they, they need the intimacy and pornography offers a very shallow way to get some intimacy in the secret. And it's easy. Uh, and I'm thinking about the, you know, the, the young man who starts seeing this because the target that we have is the broadband internet pornography that that's free indeed's target. That's we're not trying to target the, the, 60 year old guy who's only ever looked at magazines. I suppose we could target that guy, but there's an easy overlap between if, if this guy sees internet, um, porn and you know, that it's a much easier hook to get sunk in. Um, cause I, I know you've encountered, you've encountered, uh, someone, uh, who said that they are the same thing. And I remember when you told me that story and you were pretty frustrated because yeah. that's, that's not the case. Yeah. I want to tell that story. I, I won't, I yeah, go ahead. Well, I don't yeah. want. To, I won't go too much into detail. I sat down across from a guy who was 
was is pretty popular in in the anti porn industry um and uh and sitting across him from him, I kind of asked him, you know what do you think about that and his quote was i'll never forget it his quote was sex addict porn addict same guy and it was so dismissive the way he did it i mean his tone was even worse than what i just said i mean it was just like same guy and as soon as he said that i was like a this guy is flipping clueless i mean b and you know his his niche was oh i you know i've been free from porn for 25 years or something like that at the time and i'm and so in my mind as soon as he said that i said so you've never seen it on a screen i didn't say that out loud but in my but again me connecting the dots in terms of you know this guy's experience if you if you can say you've been you know free from heroin or alcohol or something like that for 20 some years great those have been around for thousands of years but you know porn on a computer screen has only been around, you know, for a blip in time, you know, last 15, 20 years. So, um, but yeah, when he said porn addict, sex addict, same guy, I was like, okay, yeah, everything I need to know, I just found out right there. Yeah. Peace out. So the experience, the, the approach that, you know, we're working towards is because we've been in this, we, we, we know the problem that it is. Um, we are reaching guys where we know that's that's their problem. And I would say that's probably the majority of guys who have porn problems is going to be right there on your phone. And it's so much easier to get it. Um, so what might be some of the, the needs, um, maybe the differences and needs that you're wondering about or see in, in between either of those guys? Are, is there a difference uh, in, in that? At the core of at the core of both of those, my opinion, um, sex addict and porn addict. At the core of both of those is that lack of intimacy, is looking for deep, intimate relationship or connection with something. Now, the world happens to offer a great artificial form of intimacy, and so, and so. But I think at, at the at the at the the core of both sex addict and porn addict and you know I, I say this all the time to people you know the guy that's that's looking looking at porn and consuming porn especially crazy amounts of it he's really looking just for the deepest type of intimacy he's ever had he's really looking for a place to you know cause from, from a guy perspective our sexuality is kind of the nuclear reactor to our aircraft carrier i mean it provides the power to you know, to most of the things that we do, it's at the core of most of our motivations, deep motivations anyway. Um, and so, you know, to be able to, to have a safe place for, for his sexuality is key and crucial and, and a place where he won't be judged, where he can be vulnerable. He's looking for vulnerability. He's, he's looking for uh, a place where, where that can exist and that can be validated even in, you know, even in, in the things that, that, you know, that he may be ashamed to say out loud or to or to express to whomever he's in a relationship with. If he has a full on and, and, you know, some guys don't even have the ability to be intimate. There were times in my life where I didn't even have the ability to have a relationship because I just didn't have the ability to be intimate. I mean, unlike these days. So, you know, you can keep going around that mountain all you want. But if he doesn't have the ability, then, you know, you're always going to come up short of that. But at the core of all of that is him just looking for a safe place 
to be everything that he is, even in his brokenness. And a lot of guys were abused. A lot of guys were abused, probably more than, than we would even imagine abused at a, at a young age and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, so some guys have a question about that identity. Um, you know, I have a question about just all, the, I mean, every, a lot of different parts of their identity and, you know, sexual identity may be one of those. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the space or place to be able to live that out without any at all chance of being judged or ridiculed or, or condemned or anything like that, that's what he's actually looking for. And so I think at the core of sexual, um, sex addiction and porn addiction, you know, I think is that hole within the guy that's looking for an intimacy that he can't have, especially with, and hands down with, with porn addiction for sure. I mean, sex addiction and guys that are out, you know, doing illegal or just, you know, abusing people and that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm not speaking about that. I don't understand the, the pathology of that. Um, but in this context, mainly speaking with the, the understanding of, of, um, guys that consume pornography not a bad guy especially guys that are you know good family guys and you know leaders in the community or you know leaders in a church or leaders in a home or whatever i'm not giving him a pass i don't give guys a pass because you don't have to be stuck like that but at the same time it doesn't make him a bad guy he can be a good guy um he's just medicating a wound a deep wound that he has he's medicating a lack of his ability to be intimate and so if we can get him to the place where we can replace all of what he's getting from porn and getting him pointed towards the correct sources for intimacy, then, you know, then there's potential in this guy that we haven't even seen before. Yeah. That, that, that's what happens with, with the uh, privacy private. I mean, you're, you're wasting away part of you. You're not even wasting it away on another person. I, I mean, in, in person, in, in a, in the physical space of another person, you're wasting it away by yourself in front of a screen, uh, and you're losing so much of yourself when there's so much more to you than just that time. Yeah. I mean, that's alone time. That's just isolation yeah. and loneliness. You know, I've heard it said several times that the opposite of addiction is connection. And so in pornography, it's not a team sport. You know, you can be an alcoholic and that can, you know, you can, that can play out in public settings. You can be a heroin addict and, or, you know, crackhead and there's crack houses and around and, you know, people will sit around and shoot up, you know, together. Um, I mean, at the deepest points of those addictions, they normally drive you into lonely places. But point being, porn doesn't even start off in a group setting. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there used to be the little theaters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, those are gone. I mean, so, I mean, porn starts off already in loneliness and isolation. And yeah, you spend a whole lot of time by yourself in a dark. I mean, just, just wasting away, just literally sacrificing yourself, giving away your greatness to an artificial God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely giving away to a, a, uh, a, very artificial source, your manhood. Oh yeah. In a very real sense. I, yeah. I just, it's occurring to me that internet porn is, is, um, is a lot more nefarious in that very real sense because it becomes this, this getaway. It becomes this alone thing. I mean, you're, you're trying to be with someone, but you can't be with a screen. You can't be with that person on the other end of that screen, not in any 
way, shape, or form unless there's some kind of model set up to where you meet this person. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's such it, the vast, vast, vast majority of people are going to be um, doing it by themselves, being on their own, and never wanting to get around others and never wanting to talk about it with others as well. Right. And yeah, then when you add in the deep sense of the guilt that turns into shame, um, when you add in that, I mean, it's, it's really, really, really vicious, really, really, really vicious in terms of what that experience is like. We don't talk about it too much in our culture. Um, you can pretty much go in most settings and say, I'm a, whatever, a caholic or addict or whatever. And, and you'll find some form of sympathy, but you can't walk into too many places and say, yeah, I'm a porn addict. And people say, oh, wow. Okay. Come on in and, and join us. You know, you're, you have a safe place here. It doesn't really exist. And oh, by the way, and, you know, I even outlined it in the book how you can get the same uh, brain pharmacy from porn as you do with heroin, the same brain pharmacy from porn as you do with cocaine in terms of the reactions that happen in the brain, you know, but but, you know, and then you you also get the boost and stuff like testosterone, oxytocin, all that kind of stuff. And oh, by the way, you get it for free. (laughs) You can't get cocaine for free, heroin for free, crack for free. You can't get Oxycontin for free. You can't get alcohol for free. You can't get cigarettes for free. You can't get food for free. I mean, and it's free and everywhere. It's in everybody's pocket. <laughs> I mean, and it's floating in the air around us. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it it's a, it's a pretty vicious cycle. And it, it definitely drives everyone to a cold, lonely, dark place. And you can't talk to too many people about it yeah i would say it's technically not free because you do have to pay for your phone well yeah but you know (laughs) i know what you mean i mean that that's almost a a utility nowadays a lot of people don't even have home phones because they just have a cell phone so it's you know it's almost like saying you know your your home phone as long as you make free local phone calls well Well, it's yeah it's just becoming more and more uh yeah you know a, a basic part of, of living yeah, yeah. that's to me again what makes it so uh so dangerous yeah. it makes it so dangerous because it's such a part of our yeah. our lives and then we give our kids cell phones in elementary school smartphones i mean with web browsers and everything and so they just go train each other on how to find and how to get all that stuff and, and they just pass it around in school you know, what if kids were passing? I mean, you can't even take peanut butter jelly sandwiches in lots of schools, you know, because because of peanut allergies and that sort of stuff. But, but, you know, but most of the kids in those schools have cell phones where they just teach each other how to find all these different websites. And, you know, mom and dad would freak out if they knew what, what kind of porn their kids were consuming because their kids are not consuming just, you know, two people having sex. <laughs> I mean, there a lot of these kids are not even consuming people having sex with people. I mean, a lot of them are consuming people having sex with animals. I mean, and just so on and so forth. And so we're we're training them. We're allowing them to be trained at such a young age that by the time they get to be even in high school, they're full-blown zombies at that point. They're emotional and relational zombies. They can't experience anything. These high school kids these days don't even have the ability to talk. Like they don't even literally know how to talk and communicate face to face. You know, I love the great story. My 
my son, you know, he's he, he won't be listening to this. Maybe he won't. But uh, he's got a you know new girlfriend. And one of the things that she liked about him was because he wasn't like all the other boys because he could have a conversation because he wasn't asking her for nude pictures and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, he has the ability to be present. But most high schoolers don't these days. And if you have a high schooler, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is he in high school? Yeah, he's a, he's a freshman now. Oh, why did I think he was in middle school? I don't know, man. Maybe because the majority of time, like, okay, yeah. Um, wow. But I, I had him in my class, you know, yes, before yes, he even right. started middle yep. school a few years ago. So, you know, and and so and now, I mean, he's not a perfect kid, but right. It just, I mean, just the, uh, point being, the culture today of just high school that by the time oh, yeah. all these kids get to high school. Statistics say that nine out of ten boys and six out of ten girls graduate high school regularly consuming free and unlimited broadband internet pornography. Yeah, and That's as you said towards the beginning, it's it, it to try and categorize a twelve-year-old boy as a sex addict yeah. when he's just consuming this online porn. I mean, he, he might even say, "Well, what do you mean by sex? I this is what I'm seeing by sex." He can show right. it to you, you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah. It, 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 again, yeah. How do you reach that kid? How do you right. sit down with that kid and say, "Yeah, you're a sex addict." What? I mean, that doesn't compute. Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know. Oh, by the way, their definition of sex is, you know, so you tell him he's a sex addict, and he's like, "Well, I'm not even doing that stuff that is supposed to be sex." Which what he's looking at is not sex. Um, what he's looking at is right. probably the abuse of women and the objectification of females. What um, is your definition of a dictionary? I know you use one in class. Uh, and I know yeah. you like it. Yeah, the the uh, the guy's the name I found, his name is Dr. Gabor Mate. Um, he's a Canadian. Uh, I think he's in Vancouver, and he works with mostly heroin addicts, I think. I think he's a medical doctor and a, and a psychologist, I think. But um, but uh, kind of put me on the spot. There's four parts of his. Um, there's the craving for something, satisfying that craving with something that provides temporary relief for that craving, the inability to stop seeking relief for that craving, and the fourth part is negative consequences associated yeah. with finding relief for that craving. And so for me, I can relate a whole lot of things to one or two or maybe even three parts of that definition. But you know, me and my Nutella obsession is not, there's no negative consequences associated with it. But. Yeah. That, if, if you just heard that and maybe you haven't heard a good definition of what addiction is, that's a good one. Uh, go rewind it 30, 40 seconds, whatever it might be, and, and listen to that again. Right. And then look up the, the name, the, the the doctor he just referred to. What it's is his name? Gabor Mate. It's G-A-B-O-R, and his last name is M-A-T-E. I think so, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I, I don't... I can't vouch for his practice, and I've never met him. Right. I just came across him on YouTube or something like that, and I just like that definition because it just made sense. Like, yeah, I can get that. I can see that. Right. And most of the definitions that I've come across online kind of mimic that somewhat. I mean, his is pretty much four parts, and it's pretty straightforward, but most of them, most of them you know, kind of generally, you know, generally fall into, into that description. So uh, we might be going a little bit long with this particular episode because I have another question that might take us down the road here. But years ago, I remember seeing an article, and it was kind of towards the beginning of when this realization of um, internet pornography was coming along. And I still remember the description of what I, I think it was, it actually might have been like on Discovery Channel or something. And the description was, the context was, I should say, was all about the risk of um too much sex and, you know, unprotected sex. And so then they say, well, now we've discovered the safest sex of all. And, of course, it's consuming pornography. <laughs> yeah, well. And it, I mean, obviously, you got to take things in context. Mm -hmm. And so, but 
uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, people can justify and say, okay, well, if there's no negative consequences in my life, am I really addicted? Um, well, I mean, I would consider loneliness and isolation to be a negative consequence. I would consider your relationships falling apart to be a negative consequence. I mean, I would, you know, I would consider, uh, not being able to have intimacy. I would consider shame to be a negative consequence. I would consider not being proud of it to be a negative consequence. I mean, if you went, you know, if you're that proud of it, can you do it at your cubicle at the office? I mean, do you do it in a break room at the office? Can you do it? You know, I mean, why do you do it, you know, alone, you know, at, at home or wherever else in the dark? Or why do you sneak around doing it kind of thing? And so, yeah, negative consequences. And, and for a lot of guys, six out of 10 divorces involve someone with a porn problem. Six out of 10. So if someone's divorced, odds are pornography played a part in it. And there are 900,000 divorces every year in America alone. So... I've heard this phrase, maybe you've heard it too, but you know, I've read about it from, for instance, uh, Fight the New Drug. Um, that's the hashtag, and I think that might be the name of the, the group that's doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's an organization. Um, but one of the things that they continue to go on about is how the porn industry is trying so hard to normalize porn consumption and just make it a part of mainstream living um, when it, it's not. So I'm, I'm thinking of like the the bus ride with the, the boys and you know, they they're sharing whatever and there's nothing abnormal in that context, in that, that little culture of it, right? There's no shame because they're sharing it and they're, 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 Hey, look at this. Look what I found. Hey, look what I found. I can't speak to it because I've not been in that culture. And fortunately my kids weren't, you know, in that culture either that I'm aware of. Um, but at the same time, do you have any thoughts on that in terms of, you know, it seems like it's, normal in that context well i think we are pretty much one generation from it being normal in terms of consumption in terms of just it's kind of given as kind of part of it and so again you know can a person successfully have an intimate relationship while consuming copious amounts of pornography i say no no i mean i say good luck and even people that you know, you know, people that say, well, you know, we consume porn together. And I never tell people what's good or bad for them. I, and I definitely don't do anything out of a moral perspective. I don't tell anybody what's right or wrong. You know, if you don't have a problem, if it's not causing a problem for you, cool. You know, I'm not the, I'm not talking to you. If it is, we are the ones you need to be talking to. And so I never operate from a perspective of I'm telling you what's right or wrong for you. Um, but I will tell you from my own personal experience and our my and our experience working with, you know, many, many guys is you do not you lose the ability to be intimate, to be present, to be in a in a connected type of relationship and not even just with the person in your life, but friends and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I would have never been able to have a friendship like this or, you know, other friendships that we have now, you know, Back in those days, I just didn't I didn't have that ability to to be vulnerable. I didn't have that ability to just kind of relax and, and have connected friendships. And so, yeah, I mean, but in terms of it being normal, I think, you know, I think it's really almost there in terms of normalization. And where we see that is in the baseline objectification of women today. 
I mean, yeah. and, and if, you know, good luck finding a woman that doesn't feel objectified in our culture, that doesn't feel like she's a commodity, a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, that's nothing new, obviously. Absolutely. That part of our culture is not a new thing. I mean, obviously, I was a teenager kid and I had my share of posters and access to magazines. And, and it was, I still remember when I was, I mean, before I ever had a Christian conscience, I had a conscience. And I still remember one time uh, I had a stack. And I still remember feeling that this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And I still remember taking this stack. I bet it was an eight inch stack of magazines. I took and threw over a bridge one time. Yeah. Um, and I just remember thinking, I feel dirty with this. Yeah. And I had no Christian conscience yeah. at the time. And this is back in the you know early eighties or mid eighties or something like that. And yeah. so um, I'm, I wanted to just say that what we're trying to do is remember that it's not normal relationships normal pornography not normal yeah uh, we want to you we want you to have strong relationships that's kind of the bottom line because if anything you, you want to have a strong relationship with who you are and know yourself yeah porn sex is not even normal sex i mean right. you know the type i mean when you look at sex in a in a in a porn video or whatever it is it's it's normally Male-centered in terms of consumption, the the viewpoints and the angles that you see, I mean, do not take into consideration female pleasure. I mean, that type of sex is, I mean, the the hard pounding, I mean, whatever it is, the 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 sex you see in pornography is not mutually gratifying. To it's, I mean, it's physically not mutually gratifying, let alone emotionally or any other kind of dimension. Uh, mutually gratifying at all porn sex is not real sex i mean a lot of the actors um i mean just you know working with a you know with a couple different organization and just you know if you do any research into how you know how at least the professional pornography videos are produced i mean you got stunt doubles body stand-ins i mean you know the the actors are you know commonly high on drugs the the women are are commonly in excruciating pain but they're actors, and and you know, and on top of the fact that a lot of them are um, modified or enhanced in some kind of a way, um, but but yeah, just even the 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 production, the the filming of those scenes, I mean, is is destructive to the people that are in that. That's there are no long careers for porn actresses because their bodies, let alone their their emotional psyche, can't take it. I mean, it is not it is not gratifying at all so yeah just the pornography the sex in in pornography is not even real i mean it is that is just artificial just i mean you know it's like going to the movies and thinking oh i could do that you know something you see on some action movie or something like yeah i can drive my pickup truck off of this cliff and we're gonna land on the other cliff and keep driving you know it's it's that's not real it's it's not it's manufactured and produced so nothing about it is real Well, there's i mean I think there's there's probably there is an there is definitely that's true. I'm I'm saying that's true. There's a part though that's like maybe younger kids, who knows older kids, I don't know, pick up on that and they realize okay, well this isn't real, but now I want to go find something that's either more intense that somehow brings me more pleasure because it's all about the consumer, absolutely, or something that may be real that's they're not actors, they're just sharing whatever they like sharing their bedroom time together whatever it might yeah. be or it's the uh beach scenes or whatever it might be kind of, yeah. it, it's something that has the more risk to it things like that um it, you're right though we've said it before you it's endless you can yeah. find whatever you want however you want to see it 
Yeah. Every day, every 24 hours, there's 48 hours of content uploaded. Like, there is no end. No. There never will be. The the only limit that a person has is the number of hours in a day. At some point, they got to sleep, but even that can suffer. You know, again, so teenagers have kids that have cell phones in their rooms and they're not sleeping and their teachers will tell you if you go to any back to school night or orientation night at a whole lot of schools today they'll tell you you know take the kids cell phones at night kind of thing because i mean yeah they're and so the only limit is the amount of time that you have but anything and i mean anything that you want to find is out there and there's ridiculous amounts of it and it's all free there's no login there's no age verification right. there's no none of that it is all i mean at least on the surface is free now your data your information your identity is being sold right. on the back end um which is a whole another level of to me it's slavery i mean yeah i mean for people making a whole lot of money off of you know, off of your labor, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there, there's no limit and anything is out there. Yeah. In terms of there's everybody's got hours in a day and I kind of want to end with this and I just want to at least try to be a little inspirational with this. And that is, you know, we do all have 24 hours in a day. What will you do with your 24 hours? I mean, what will you do with your day instead of, um, spending that time in front of a screen by yourself, why not turn it around and invest in something else, something that's bigger than yourself, live into some purpose and find a way to expend yourself in a way that somehow blesses others. That I think is a great key because one of the things we've said over and over again, when we have the the class, I want to segue into just quickly talking about that, but is the idea of, um, we're going to end with it, but the idea of freedom isn't just for us, right? Freedom is not just for us. The more and more I realize that, the more I want to do podcasts and I want to go to the class and I want to um, give away as much as I can to help help guys. So with that, as we're closing down, I know this, this podcast may or may not be available in time, but we have a class coming up actually this week. So um, the date of today's recording is actually um, August, sorry, not August, September 9th. 2018. I don't usually do a timestamp like that. But here in just a couple of days, a few days later this week, we're going to have the next free indeed class that happens right here in Parker, Colorado, if you're in the Denver area. But I also want to say you don't have to, we want you to attend all six weeks, but if you get this and you want to get to this class and you're around here, please go to uh, kirkmsamuels.com, look it up. Um, at the same time, you know we, we want to bring the class to you. What if you're not in Denver, not in Colorado, not in this country. We want to bring this class to you, and we can. Um, so if there's anything else you want to say in terms of our topic today, Kirk, or anything else with the class. Yeah, no, I, I like the way you circled back. It could be, you know, it's kind of a, you know, a Debbie Downer kind of doom and gloom, you know, kind of whatever. But to your point, you know, there's 86,400 seconds in a day. And, you know, what do we do with those? You know, and everyone has the same amount of time in a day. You know, what if we spent that time being productive and doing something good? Exactly. You know, like producing podcasts, like helping people, like trying to save human trafficking victims or like trying to feed the homeless. Or There's so many things that we can do purpose-wise with that amount of time. And when you reallocate that time, you have, I mean, your, your purpose will make time for you. And there's plenty of time in a day to do that. I, That's a great I way to circle. circle personally that. can say that. You find your purpose and things will find You'll find things to do and things will find to yep. do for you. Yep. With that, look for your purpose. Fill your day with good things and blessing others. Episode 10 podcast of Free Indeed. 
Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed Podcast. Visit FreeIndeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.